This is John Flannery, your host. Welcome to our podcast, Let Freedom Ring. No more appropriate name could I imagine than that in these troubled days. I stand here knowing that my story is part of the larger American story. Our nation is about equality and opportunity for everyone. I think there's blame on both sides. Of course, there is dissent, because not everyone agrees, nor is everyone worthy of our democracy. We are in a battle to restore the soul of our nation. The answer is to rely on you. Not a time of life, but a state of mind. A temper of the will. A quality of imagination. A predominance of courage over timidity. Of the appetite for adventure over the love of the East. The cruel obstacles of this swiftly changing planet will not yield to the obsolete dogmas and outward slogans. They cannot be moved by those who cling to a present that has already died, prefer the illusion of security to the excitement and danger that come with even the most peaceful progress. It's difficult because it never seems to let up. We always seem to have to work. We must have the resolve to press on. Others have. I know you have In these times, when our nation is at risk, let's talk about how we restore the Republic and let freedom ring once again. Stay tuned. Don't you think insurrectionists should be barred from public office? Can a person who swore to preserve and protect the Republic plan a coup and still hold public office? The 14th Amendment to the Constitution in Section 3 says no. Let's consider how we may invoke the 14th Amendment after the insurrection of January the 6th, 2021, and in what venues we may have the most effect to contain the challenge to our republic. First off, I think we should review a few facts to establish the context. You're familiar with these facts, but let's assemble them so we see how they fit the law. Former President Donald Trump said at the Republican convention last year that the only way he could lose would be if the election was rigged. 
He said he believed that, but we suspect he knew his base wasn't large enough on the second go-round to win even in the Electoral College. On the night of the election, when Trump lost, beaten like a drum, Rudy Giuliani's advice to Trump as he cornered him was four words. He told him, just say we won. Trump did exactly that. No matter how false and misleading it was, he persisted in every way possible, using lawyers and anybody he could get, starting with rogue Rudy, to tell the world that the election was a fraud. On December the 2nd, 2020, Trump said there had been, quote, tremendous voter fraud and irregularities, none of which was ever proven, not in court, not before the Electoral College, nowhere, no how. He claimed that it was statistically impossible for him to lose. On December 19th, Trump tweeted, quote, Big protest in D.C. on January 6th. Be there. Will be wild. On New Year's Day, Trump tweeted, quote, The big protest rally in Washington, D.C. will take place at 11 a.m. on January the 6th. Location details to follow. Stop the seal. He was talking about stopping the steal, stopping the election from being stolen from him, though he lost the election. On January the 2nd, 2021, Trump urged the Secretary of State of Georgia in a long conversation that's been taped and that everyone has heard. He was talking to Brad Raffensperger to find enough votes to overturn the Georgia presidential election results, giving him just one vote more than the margin by which Biden actually beat Trump. So in other words, he wanted all the votes in excess of those that beat him, plus one other vote on top of that, so he would win, win literally by one vote. Trump threatened Raffensperger if he failed to do so. Well, Raffensperger failed to do what he wanted. Trump made a run also at conspiring with Department of Justice Deputy Jeffrey Clark in the Civil Division to replace the acting AG Jeffrey Rosen, who refused to be part of Trump's effort to lie to the nation about the presidential election. Trump wanted to use Clark to replace Rosen and use the department's power to force Georgia state lawmakers to overturn his presidential election results. So you get the idea. Now, Rosen... He flat refused to do what Trump wanted, and other DOJ officials threatened to resign if Trump implemented his plan. I think it was a failure that they didn't tell us at the time, because we might have been able to do something about January the 6th. But those are the facts. They remain as they are. Trump ultimately incited a mob of thugs to storm Congress to prevent Joe Biden from becoming president, even though Joe won the election. Fortunately, Trump failed. But a lot happened before that failure was manifest. Some said, we were brought to D.C. by direct orders from Trump. I thought I was following what we were called to do. He, that's Trump, asked us to fly there. He asked us to be there. So I was doing what he asked us to do. Other rioters said, I thought I was following my president. Now, Trump's own words that day, if you didn't know it beforehand, certainly sealed the deal. It consisted of a 70-minute screed, maybe not up to Castro's long speaking, but it's among the strongest evidence against Trump. His false declaration, of course, was the centerpiece. He said, we won this election and we won it by a landslide. 
he went on to say. Our country has had enough. We will not take it anymore. And that's what this is all about. To use a favorite term that all of you people really came up with, Trump says, we will stop the steal. He said all vice president has to do is send it back to the states to recertify. And we become president. And you are the happiest people. But if Pence allowed the vote to go forward, he said Biden would become president. We're just not going to let that happen, inciting the crowd in the strongest terms, saying, you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. He said he'd march with them up to the hill, but true to his false form, he didn't. But he watched everything. Rogue Rudy Giuliani, Trump's lawless mouthpiece, he also got up to speak. He's willing to do whatever Trump wants, and he said, let's have trial by combat. The mob set out, and they planned to hang Pence, so they declared, and to kidnap the Speaker of the House, so they claimed, and also to stop the count. Trump had his allies in the White House, at a command center, in a nearby hotel, and on the Hill, on the Senate side, and on the House side. Senators Hawley and Cruz objected to counting the electors to confirm former VP Joe Biden as president and Kamala Harris as vice president. Hawley, Cruz, and more senators favored a coup, an unconstitutional seizure of the presidency by the man Trump who plainly lost the presidential election. Little wonder that past memories of a Reichstag fire signaling a shift in power in Europe passed through the minds of many observers. Our fundamental belief as a nation is for democracy, not an autocracy. And the question was on the lips of many, whether this nation could endure as a nation if not united. Abraham Lincoln once famously stated that a house divided cannot stand. President Joe Biden has been fighting for unity. There is, however, a chasm dividing the Republican Party from the rest of the nation. It is on the hilltop of democracy that we must plant our flag and defeat the enemy within who has a fractured vision of America. We suffer a far-right coalition of domestic terrorists who will say and do anything to overthrow democracy as the ground of our national political being. And they are aligned and allied with those in the White House and on the Hill who wish for the same objective, overthrowing our government. What reckoning is right and just for those who would undermine our government? Censure, not nearly sufficient. Expulsion, that's a step in the right direction. Prosecution, absolutely. But our Attorney General hasn't taken a step in that direction except for Bannon, who has refused to comply with the subpoena. But there's more. We cannot ignore that these people, these enemies within, have denied the basic premise of our democracy and betrayed their oath to preserve and protect our democracy from all foes, foreign and domestic. There were Republican senators who openly objected to certifying electors for Biden. In the House, there were 121 Republican members who objected to certification. And when I'm talking about certification, I'm talking about simple math, just counting the number of electors. We've seen it on the TV for ages, for day after day, for weeks after the election. After the riot, 
there were eight senators who stood steadfast in their false objections, even after the rioters were pushed back. They were Ted Cruz from Texas, Josh Hawley from Missouri, Cindy Hyde-Smith from Mississippi, Cynthia Lummis from Washington, John Kennedy from Louisiana, Roger Marshall from Kansas, Rick Scott from Florida, and Tommy Tuberville from Alabama. So who's up soon for re-election among the senators? Well, Kennedy runs for re-election next year, 2022. There's only one of this group I've mentioned of senators before the presidential elections in 2024. But it is possible that Cruz and Hawley and Scott may run for president in 2024, no matter what Trump may decide to do. So keep that in mind. Each of them is open to the objection of whether, A, they should be in office and whether they should continue in office and whether they're violating Article 14, Section 3. Every one of the House members are up in the midterms. So every one of those who had any peace in the overthrow, the insurrection, is exposed under Article 14, Section 3. We must challenge the right of members and senators to participate in our Congress if they favored overthrowing the government, if they supported the insurrection, or they gave aid and comfort to those who would do so. We must also challenge their right to run for office. We can't ignore this betrayal of their oath. It goes to the very existential being of our government. We should invoke the prohibition set forth in the 14th Amendment, Section 3 of our Constitution. The section provides that no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. So whether you're involved in the insurrection or you're giving aid and comfort, you fall within this provision, Article 14, Section 3 of our Constitution. It was ratified in 1868, just after the Civil War ended, and this provision was written mostly to bar Confederates from holding office. These members in the Senate and House may be thrown out of Congress by this provision. These members in the Senate and the House may be barred from running for Congress. Trump plans to come back and run in 2024. This same provision can and should be used against him. You may remember that Senator Tim Kaine from Virginia earlier this year reportedly stated that the 14th Amendment could be pursued to bar Trump before or even after an impeachment trial. Some doubting Democrats scratched their collective heads and reportedly asked, how do you determine whether someone participated in an insurrection? Well, the evidence is there. We've all seen it. We have a select committee collecting it. And another approach long past due is to have our AG appoint a prosecutor to investigate the insurrection as well for both purposes, for the purposes of removal and perhaps for the purpose of prosecution. There are questions how one may invoke the third section of the 14th Amendment. <clears throat> I say it's a self-executing provision. Now, Section 5 of that same amendment has gives the Congress power to enact appropriate legislation, but I don't believe it's necessary to do so. 
There's been some question as well whether this action would be prohibited as a bill of attainder. Now, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 3 of our Constitution states that, quote, no bill of attainder or ex post facto law shall be passed. Well, there's no possible ex post facto violation here, as the 14th Amendment was law long before the actions that we now insist violate Section 3 of that amendment. But what about the bill of attainder? Is that a valid objection here? Well, there are several characteristics for a bill of attainder. There's a taking of property or a punishment or a violation of the separation of powers. One department doing something another department is exclusively empowered to do. It's somewhat ironic that the clarifying language comes from a case involving Nixon and that I think serves to answer the question or to confirm what we've always thought a bill of attainder was. In Nixon against General Services Administration, which is a case reported at 433 U.S. 425, it was in 1977. And the question was about the extent of any presidential privilege. So if it sounds familiar to you, it's because we've already been talking about this case in a different context. But there were other questions raised in that case by Nixon, including whether the law, a separate act that Nixon was challenging about the handling of his presidential papers, was unconstitutional because it was a bill of attainder. The Supreme Court did not find any violation of the Bill of Attainder Clause because it found the acted issue did not punish the former president. See the word punish? It did not convict the former president of a crime. It did not expose him to prosecution. In order to take property from him, it released it for use in other ways by the public. When the 14th Amendment was added to the Constitution, shouldn't we presume as a starting point that it was intended to read and be read consistent with the provisions that already made up the Constitution, including the prohibition against the Bill of Attainder? I don't think it's an oversimplification to compare the workings of the impeachment process with this provision in Article 14 that authorized barring a public official for engaging in insurrection. It's well established that impeachment is about removal from office, not about punishment. Prosecution is about punishment. Thus, an impeachment to remove one from office doesn't bar prosecution afterwards under the Double Jeopardy Clause. Now, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, I submit, is about removing or barring one from office, and, the, and thus does not contradict the prohibition concerned with a bill of attainder that focuses on prosecution or confiscation of property or some separation of powers issue. We must seek to bar Trump from running for public office. We must seek to bar these representatives, senators and representatives from holding public office and for running for public office. At first blush, I would propose seeking to bar Trump in the several states based on his violation of the 14th Amendment, Section 3. He has to apply in every state in order to be on the ballot. Let's stop him right at, the, right at the door. Let's not let him go further. I'd contemplate a similar approach to members of the Senate and the Congress implicated in the insurrection. Uh, there may be others besides Kennedy who are senators, but all the members of Congress who had anything to do with the insurrection, every member of Congress is up next year in the midterm elections. We should bar the mess of them from the ballot for their violation of the 14th Amendment, Section 3. It must be obvious that the scrutiny of elected officials, uh, 
is a necessary predicate to a fair and just and constitutional government that supports our historic democracy. Fortunately, the Constitution provides us with the tools to thin the herd of enemies and traitors within our nation, now holding public office, who would seek to succeed themselves and be reelected, who supported the insurrection, and who prefer autocracy to democracy. Thanks for listening. I hope you found this interesting. And you might try to implement this wherever you live with whatever member you find was involved in the insurrection. And certainly, if Trump runs for office, to stop him at the door. He has no business being in government, nor to any of these other traitors. So have a good week, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for paying attention. Bye-bye. Life burning warm.